Mary was blessed for the same reason we can be blessed. Welcome to Right Start with Jim Custer, teaching pastor of Grace Polaris Church in Columbus, Ohio. Mary was a godly young woman, engaged to a descendant of King David, visited by an angel. But the reason we all consider her to be blessed is that she had the Son of God living inside her. Well, can't we have that same blessing in a different way? What did Paul mean by the phrase, Christ in you, the hope of glory? Today, Jim completes our discussion from Friday. The people of God are joyful and hopeful. In this passage in Colossians chapter 1, it's called a mystery. A mystery. A mystery is not a riddle that seeks to be solved. That's our English use of that term, but... A mystery in the first century times was a secret that was shared by a group of people during a time of initiation. There were secret societies and secret clubs. We have them still today in our culture. You can't be a member of such and such a club until you go through a process of initiation and in that initiation, they will tell you the secrets. And so you and everybody else who's a member of that club, that secret society, now share something in common that the rest of us don't have or don't know. And because of that shared secret, you then have a relationship with these other members of the club that I don't have. There are tons of those kinds of clubs and societies all around us. It's a club or an association or a relationship based upon a secret. A secret that you can't figure out unaided. You've got to be initiated. You have to go through a process of learning. Because the secret is usually concerning some knowledge or truth that your senses and your logic can't figure out. That's why it's called a mystery. Getting pretty deep, isn't it? Well, the Apostle Paul told the Colossians that the secret of their relationship with each other as believers And the source of their joy and the foundation of their hope was all wrapped up in a mystery. A mystery that he would reveal to them or explain to them. The mystery mystery answers the question... Who is that baby in a manger? Now, the angels knew, but the shepherds didn't have a clue. The scholars in Jerusalem knew when the Magi came, but Herod didn't have a clue. Mary knew, but the innkeeper didn't have a clue. Simeon and Anna up at the temple knew But the high priest didn't have a clue. Who is Jesus? That's the essence 
of this mystery. And listen, until God opens the heart and mind of the individual, you'll never get it. Never get it. And until you get it, until you see it, until this mystery becomes your own experience, Christmas will be a lovely time of the year with gifts, family traditions, time off from school, and lots and lots of ways to spend money and time and energy. But on December 26th, your world will crash. And your expectations will dissolve. And your temporary exuberance and joy will melt. But those who know the mystery, those who have come to understand and experience the truth of the mystery, their joy will go on. 365 days a year, regardless of what circumstances come. Because their joy is not based upon happenstance or events. Their joy is based in the mystery. Who came, what he did, and why that matters. Paul spends the whole first chapter of this book of Colossians laying out the mystery. Who is this one who became a babe in Bethlehem or who made his appearance as a babe in Bethlehem? Who is this one? Well, look at verse 15, Colossians chapter 1. Who is this one we call Jesus? He is the image of the invisible God. The image of the invisible God. God. You cannot see God or discover God through science or logic or philosophy. Can't get there that way. God is invisible. He eludes, escapes our efforts to trap him, analyze him, put him in a test tube and shake him up and describe properties about him. But the one who was born in Bethlehem is the image, the image of the invisible God. That is, he is the tangible expression of that God who is invisible and beyond us. I have a coin here, and on it, a picture. I think it's President Kennedy. Now, that's not President Kennedy. In fact, that's not even his picture. That's an artist's rendering of his picture, okay? But what it is is an image. It reminds me that there was such a person. It reminds me that he served us as president for a while. And the more I know about that man, the more that my memory brings back to me when I look at this image. I cannot see President Kennedy today. He's not around. He's invisible. But I have an image. 
of his likeness. Jesus Christ is the invisible God in human form. You can never see God apart from Jesus. The verse goes on to say a second thing about the one who was born in the manger. He is not only the physical manifestation of God in human flesh, but we read he is the firstborn over all creation. And the verse goes on to say in verse 16, all things were created by him, things visible and invisible. He's the one who stands outside creation and is supreme above creation and through whose work everything that is came into being. Now, you and I can't imagine, you can't imagine a universe of nothing. You can't imagine no sun, no moon, no stars, no galaxies. You can't imagine no mountains, no trees. You can't imagine that. You don't have the capacity to imagine that. You, you strain because... Because that's foreign to our experience. It's, it's outside the domain of our minds. We can't imagine that. You can't imagine a being so powerful, so great, that he envisioned all of that and then spoke it into existence. When God gives us the only record we have that's reliable of how he did it, he says, God said, let there be, and boom, there was. Do I believe in a six-day, literal six-day creation? No. I believe in something that took place far less time than six days. God spoke, and boom, that was it. It had all been figured out in God's mind. It all had been prototype before in his thinking and when God spoke it happened didn't take 24 hours it boom just like that I see most of us don't have that idea of God and so our appreciation and worship of the one lying in the manger is shrunk not because of his nature but because of our ignorance this is the creator Lying in a manger. The one who formed it all, now in human form. Look at verse 17. He is before th all things, and in him all things consist. That is, he's the one who right now holds it all together. <laughs> you go out and read the rest of these things. They describe a person of supernatural being. A person who has a direct connect to you. You are something he made, created. And your whole world is dependent upon him because if he ceases being what he is, your worlds go fly apart. He is the unifying force of all reality, the source of all truth and all life. Well, why did he come? Well, you read that in verse 19, or verse 20. By him, let's read verse 19. It pleased the Father that in him all fullness should dwell. That is, there's nothing that God is that he isn't. 
everything that it means to be God in the fullest expression of those terms resides in the one who became a babe. It pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself. Reconcile all things to himself. How did he do that? Having made peace through the blood of his cross. See, you've got to have Calvary. You've got to have the crucifixion. The manger without the cross will not make sense. He came through the manger to go to the cross. That was his supreme work when he was here the first time. And reconciliation means that in his death, God was able to so deal with sin that he could give peace to the sinner and have a relationship with the sinner. That at the cross, through the blood shed by Jesus at the cross, God is now at peace with his own law, with his own nature. And he can welcome sinners, rebels. Well, look how we're described there. You see it in verse 21. You who once were alienated and enemies in your minds by wicked works. God is able to reach across that chasm. Expend his judgment upon his son in his death and reach through that son to you and to me who deserve to die and give us his life instead of his death. It's incredible. That's why he came. He came to reconcile. He came to do for you and me all that was necessary so that God could give to you and me peace with him peace with each other, and a whole new life. And Paul goes on to describe how that all happens. And it happens when we turn to this one Jesus Christ and acknowledge that he is this God and that he did die for us. And we stop arguing with God and fussing with God and we humble ourselves and stop being God's enemies and choose to surrender ourselves to Jesus Christ. And when that happens, the God who was in the manger by a miracle comes and lives in my life. Appropriately, we are greatly appreciative to the Virgin Mary, her willingness to be the instrument through whom God would come into the world and in her womb prepare a human body, a human life spirit in which God the Son would take residence. We think that must have been a, just a tremendous thrill Blessed are you, Mary. Blessed of all women because you, as an individual woman, are going to have the incredible blessing of being the one through whom God, the Creator, is going to 
enter our world as a man. What a blessing. I got a better one for you. That same God who came into our world through Mary wants to come into your life and transform you. Maybe I can explain it better this way. If Mary only served as the channel through whom God became flesh, and she did, and never acknowledged this one who was the born of her womb one, if she never acknowledged him as Lord and welcomed him into her heart as her Savior, then Mary lost everything. Everything. Mary had to do what I did and what God offers to do to you. And that is Mary, as a sinner, had to be reconciled to God through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. And when you open your heart to who Jesus is, and you receive him into your life as your personal Lord and Savior, the blessing from that is infinitely greater than the blessing Mary had of being the human instrument through which God passed as he became a man and entered our world. That's why Paul says Christ in you is the hope of glory. Incredible. And those of us who know this mystery and understand the truth of who he is and why he came and why he died and what that means and have taken the step of faith to invite him into our lives, now he who once lay in a manger lives in our hearts and lives. And he is the guarantee that he will not stop working in us and through us until he presents us to himself in perfection, in holiness, in righteousness, in truth. That's what we're expecting. Not that this world's going to get better, but that we are going to be like him. And when he returns... The next time, he'll deal with the world. Oh, Father, it's, uh, it's incredible. Thank you for giving us the mystery, for opening your heart and the treasures of wisdom to explain to us who he was, this Jesus, and why he came. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for your work for us at Calvary in your death and resurrection. And thank you for making it possible for us as individuals to receive your very life into ourselves. And it's because you come to live in our lives that our lives have purpose and peace, that we have joy and great hope and expectation for the future. 
And I pray at this Christmas season, as we enjoy all the traditions and as we, as we enjoy this wonderful season, may we not get stuck in things that are only temporal. But may our worship, our love, our celebration rise out of our relationship with you because the one who came to be our Savior lives in our hearts. And my friend, if this morning you don't know that relationship and the carols are just empty traditional songs and the manger is just a place where a baby lay, then I invite you this morning upon the authority of God's word to open your heart and to experience the truth. Let this one who is your creator, who came into the world to be your savior, let him come into your heart, into your life, transform you, give you real joy, real confidence, great purpose, and in incredible hope. Lord, may the, the joy of the angels who knew these things and their excitement that we mortals could experience these things, may that joy fill our hearts. And may the one who became flesh, may he dwell in our hearts. And may his love and his peace, may his strength and his life animate and fill and overflow us with purpose and direction, with great joy and with incredible hope. For that one this morning who is uncertain of these things, or that one who seeks to resist them by your spirit. Do your gracious work in their heart and bring them out of darkness into life. Direct us this week and may we celebrate you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In Luke chapter 11, a woman rose to bless the mother of Jesus for her unique role of carrying him and nourishing him. But the Lord corrected her. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. We've been talking about Christ in you, the hope of glory, in a sermon we started on Friday. It's called, The People of God Are Joyful and Hopeful. If you'd like to have the message on CD, that's available for your gift of $7 or more. Our current series in Paul's letter to the Colossians is entitled, The People of God. And that collection makes up 17 CDs. We'll send everything for a donation of $59 or more. Thanks to the Right Start family for providing the funds and the prayer cover necessary to get this program out. Please never forget that this is your ministry as much as ours. And if you feel led to help, please mail us at Right Start, P.O. Box 437, Worthington, Ohio, 43085, USA. Or call us during business hours at 1-800-984-2313. That's 800-984-2313. And sometime, please make time to find us on our website. It's rightstartradio.org. 
That gives you access to a mountain of audio resources. You can play the radio programs and play or download complete uninterrupted sermons. And if your schedule is erratic from day to day, you can use the podcast as a backup for when you miss the broadcast. That's published on iTunes, but you can link to it from rightstartradio.org. And there's a way to donate securely, too. rightstartradio.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Pope. All I have to do to whet your appetite for tomorrow's broadcast is to say the sermon title, The People of God Are Peaceful and Content. See you tomorrow for Tuesday's Right Start. Thank you.